right? We got a lot of different things coming at you today, okay? And I'm just sensing a little bit of a lull right now. That. You don't got time for that. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk with Derek Johnson and Nick Springer on FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN. Depend on it. Hey! What's happening? I'm Derek Johnson with Nick Springer on another edition of RCST. What? What, what, what happened to you? What? What happened? I'm just having fun. I'm having a good time. You're being the party pooper. I'm not here. being a party pooper at all. No, I'm, I'm, I'm having a great time too. That's the most notorious thing that a party pooper would say. I'm not being the party pooper. Yeah, yeah. I'm not trying to bring everybody down. Uh, anyway, on today's show. Oh, we're doing a show. Yeah. Oh. No party poopers today. Oh, no, I didn't really. I None didn't. Oh, allowed. Wow. I had no idea. We're going to be talking some KU football right off the bat here. Uh, we have to get into the biggest questions we have. Dirk Wedd, former LHS head coach, former KU football analyst, is going to join the show at 3.40. We got a KU mailbag at the top of the 4 o'clock hour. Another game. You still NHL have time draft to questions, by the way. Something. Yeah, you do. At RCST 13. Get in there. Uh, we also got to talk about Nick Marsh later in the show, and we've got Florida Man Mad Libs. So, absolutely loaded show on today's edition of RCST. Uh, starting right off the bat here, kind of a continuation of how we opened the show yesterday. Yesterday, we talked about the things that you feel most certain about, the things that you feel the best about with KU football on offense, defense, special teams. If you missed it, find it in the best of RCST podcast. Uh, today, we are going to be doing the things you have the most questions about with the KU football team. Mm. Makes sense? Yeah, makes sense. All right, let's yeah, start with sense. the offense. Um, uh, one thing that, that I think both of us kind of brought up when we were talking about even the certainties about that you feel like you have good quarterback play yeah. is you don't know about the quarterback health. Yeah, I mean, listen. Look at what happened last season. Jalen Daniels gets hurt, and then even Jason Bean was hurt, and you had to rely on Ethan Vasco. If that happens again this season... That will be cause for concern. And the other thing is, Jalen Daniels, for as great as he is and everything else, you know, he hasn't. He still hasn't actually been able to play a full season. Because his freshman year, I don't know, was it, I don't know if he was hurt, but he didn't play the whole season, right? His freshman year either. And then last year he gets hurt. Yeah. So I don't think he's even played a full season. No, because yeah, I mean, the first, he, the first year he wasn't the starter. Well, he not to start the year, but by what maybe week three or something like that, he was, and then he got injured. In I, I remember it's the Oklahoma game where yeah. I remember Matt Galloway, who used to work for the Capital Journal, uh, was literally was saying like this is like an actual health hazard. KU's offensive line. I think he got sacked like nine times, and then he got injured, and then I think from there, yeah. So yeah, you're talking about an injury each of his years. Like headed yeah. into his sophomore year, yeah. he was injured in fall camp, and that might have been why Jason Bean won the job because he didn't get a chance to showcase his stuff. Um, which that's that's an interesting hypothetical to go back to. By the way, if if Jalen Daniels is healthy right off the bat throughout all fall camp, does he become the starter right away for Lance Leipold's first year? And does that team end up winning an extra game or two along the way? I don't know. I don't know. Um, probably doesn't really matter that Maybe. much though, right? But anyways, the point is, is now yes. Jalen Daniels over the course of three years has not started a full season. Yeah, is that concerning at all? It is concerning. I don't know how it couldn't be. 
Now, we did hear from Matt Gildersleeve over the offseason that his goal was to make Jalen Daniels, I think the word yeah, was bulletproof, bulletproof. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> bulletproof. And we'll see how much of that matters. But yeah, that is that is the big, because it's not like Kansas is just running a normal offense. They're running an offense where you are going to have pretty, the quarterback getting hit, right? And it's a pretty complex offense. Yeah. Now, obviously, you expect Jason Bean to be a serviceable backup, right? But once you're on your backup quarterback, all it takes is one hit. All it takes is one play, and then you're bringing out Ben Easters. Or you're bringing out, oh, what's the name of the kid they got from uh, the preferred walk-on? Yeah, uh, Mikey Polly. <laughs> Mikey Polly. Mikey Polly. <laughs> what? Italian, I feel like. I don't know. I don't know. Is that Italian? Sounds like it to me. I want it to be. You want, I want Mikey Polly to be Italian? Like I want you, Mikey Polly. The only reason you think that is because of DJ Polly D, probably. Right? <laughs> probably. I want Mikey Polly to have a good enough KU career that he can open up Mikey Mikey P's, and it's like P's this Italian. really good Italian restaurant that yeah. has the checkered tablecloths, and you go in and you have the one candle. I think you just and it's dimly lit, <laughs> and it, you know you get some good Alfredo or something. I think you just come up with the with the next dish for Twenty Third Street Brewery. <laughs> the the Mikey, Mikey Polly. The Mikey yeah. P. Oh, I love it. And it's a you know it's an Italian mm-hmm. whatever the hell you want it to be. I, I I'm all for it. I'll <laughs> order it. Uh, but yeah, to your point, like uh, without Ethan Vasco, you don't feel as good about if it gets to the third string. And I guess realistically, you could say about any team across college football, if you get to your yeah. third string, you're probably screwed. Well, and that's the thing when you get into the quarterback health conversation, it's kind of it becomes kind of just a a broad like. Well, yeah, if your quarterback gets hurt, then, yeah, it's bad. It's like, who is that not bad for? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know? exactly. KU but, at least can weather the storm to the second string better yes. than most schools, but again, not all schools. For KU, it, you, that anxiety is probably a little bit heightened as well because of the fact that Jalen Daniels has had three seasons in which he has not played, started every game. Mm-hmm. And, two of, and in two of those seasons, he was basically the starter for the most of the whole season, yeah. but still got hurt. So that's obviously you know concerning. Um, I, I do think that, if if Jason Bean takes another step forward, because let's not forget, he did get a lot better last year than he did the year before. Yeah, he did. To where if he takes another step up, and if Jalen takes another step up, you should hope that you're okay there at, at that position. But yeah, it obviously is a worry. And if Jalen Daniels, like even if Jason Bean is an above average Power 5 quarterback, Jalen Daniels is maybe one of the best, so it still is a drop-off there. So yeah, it absolutely is a concern. I think elsewhere on offense... Um, Maybe you could say like the running back health after what happened in the spring, but yeah. I, well, again, I, to go to look at that one, you had a game last year where you had only yeah. one running back on the whole roster, and yeah. then it was a guy who wasn't even supposed to be running back. I guess though, like, you, if you if you list out the names, and, and now you're adding Johnny Thompson, who wasn't there in the spring yet. True. So you have yeah. you have Thompson, you have Dylan McDuffie, you have uh, Tory Lachlan, you have Devin Neal, you have Savion Morrison, and you have Daniel Hodge. That's six guys. I, yeah. I almost am like if, yeah, if they I don't know man you had four guys last year and you didn't have any of them at one game. But if it, it, that almost feels to me like disaster scenario where it's like should you really plan for that? Probably not. Probably not. And, and also, I, I, I would almost be worried more for the running backs. Like if we're having a question for the running backs because that's part of it too. The injuries that we saw in the spring for the running backs, um, it could just be it's spring ball. Somebody yeah. is maybe like. Maybe a player would have been good like, enough to play in a real yes, game. He would have but played. it's like, why would we stress it now, yeah. right? I think that's kind of the vibe that I got. Like yeah. When Devin Neal, we talked to Devin Neal. It's and like, yeah. Maybe he, he was, wouldn't have practiced that week, but yeah, he probably played. He would have played, yeah. Yeah, that's what I think, too. Yeah. Um, but I, I think the thing that I would be more concerned about with the running backs is the fumbling stuff. Like, that. that's a question for me. Did you yeah. fix the fumbling? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, over the course of the season, it was definitely not fixed. And it became 
a theme, right? Early in the year, you had a couple games where you were able to recover your own fumbles. And when you recover your own fumbles, it's almost like, I think uh, for a lot of fans and, and people, it's like, well, it's like you didn't even fumble then. No, you still fumbled. Right. You just got it. You just got lucky and got it back. Yeah, it's the process, and then, and then, not the results. And then when you don't, when you when you fumble more and you don't get it, then you're like, mm-hmm. dude, why are we fumbling so much? You've been fumbling the whole season. You just got them back a couple times, and now you're not getting them back. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I, is that the ultimate luck, like statistic? Yes, fumble it really is. Versus fumbles. No, I I think when you're looking at like teams from year to year to be like, okay, what's the biggest difference between maybe this team going four and eight this year versus the year before they were eight and four? A lot of times it can just boil down to how you did in one score games, fumble luck slash turnover luck. Like those two things can kind of just go hand in hand. Yeah. So yeah, I mean it's it's something that you want to work on the process. So you have better results or you have. You avoid the reversion Dude, of the results going against you. Run the gauntlet a hundred times a day. Have everyone try to. Did, did you ever? I get have all the kids. Football. Have all the, yeah, fo- the running backs uh, carry a football with them around up class, like it's the red carpet, mm-hmm. and then you have them run through, and you just you just you know punch them, try to knock it out, and then there you go. Oh yeah, or you could do the, the, the yeah, yeah. you could do the class thing where you tell them they have to sleep carry with the football, the football mm-hmm. all day every day, never and never drop it. Yeah. Which, uh, by the way, that would suck. Yeah, it would. <laughs> and if anybody sees you drop it, they, I don't know, something <laughs> happens. Um, I guess it, I don't really have any questions for the receivers, to be honest. Like, I have questions about are they going to be great or are they going to be good? Yeah, but, like, I, I don't. My question is, like, what if there's a regression after last year? That's fair. But I'm not, I'm not overly but concerned not like, about that. Yeah, exactly. I'm not like, yeah, I agree with you. With offensive line, we went into last year, the big question about the O-line was that would they have enough depth? This year, I feel like you have enough depth. I feel like you have enough starters. I guess you could say, will you have good enough play at the tackle position? Maybe that's the biggest question at, at tackle. Like, I trust Dominic Pooney. I think he's a really good lineman. Yeah. He, yeah. Sounds like he's moving to tackle, though. Is he going to be just as good as a tackle as a guard? Or is that going to be where maybe the reason you were at a D2 school, you didn't have the the D1 length, like, is it going to start to hurt you there? Uh, Logan Brown, is he going to be ready? What is Bryce Cable going to look like, right? Yeah. I, I guess that would be the big, big question for me there. But I feel Yeah, like, I mean, I feel like we just expect Logan Brown to be yeah. good, but Who I knows? guess that's not a guarantee. No, it's right? not. No, it's not. Um, so, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I'm not, like, overly worried about the offense. I, I don't have a ton of questions, to be completely honest. There are more questions about just, like, can the offensive line be great, not good? Can the receivers be great, not good? Can the quarterback stay healthy, and be good. Can you know? Yeah. It's, it's just it's a lot of questions of a, about. It's less of in like right. questions of execution and more about like exactly. Can right. you stay healthy? Can you progress off of last year? Not not so much of like, is this going to be a fatal flaw or is this going to be a glaring flaw? Like I guess the what the biggest fatal flaw you could maybe look at would be the fumbling. Yeah, I guess. probably. Um, I guess big picture you could pose it as KU was twenty first in points per game last year. Big picture, you could be like, will they be able to get better than that? Or is that like the ceiling where things I go? I feel like they should be able to get better. You would think you should get better because it's another year of continuity exactly. in the offense, older players, stronger. But yep. that is a high number to get to. It is. Um, now, what about the defense? Let's scoot over there. I, I think there okay. are some obvious questions on the defensive end. There, there, <laughs> there's, some, there's, some, there's definitely some more glaring concerns on the defensive end. And it starts up front with the D-line, right? You lose Lonnie Phelps. And... Ever since Lonnie Phelps left, it has felt like that has been the biggest storyline with KU on the defensive side. Is what is KU going to do with no Lonnie Phelps? How are they going to fill that gap in terms of on the field and also in the locker room and also just in terms of the numbers put up? Right, 
you're probably not going to just have a one-for-one one where one guy puts up the same numbers. So that means you're going to need to see an uptick from basically across the board, essentially. That's that's the idea, I guess. Mm-hmm. But that, to me, has been the biggest story. Is like, dude, pre-Lonnie Phelps leaving, it was like, okay, the secondary should be pretty solid. You know, let's get a little bit better there. Linebackers should get a little bit better. And then you felt really good. And then at that totally flipped on its head with Lonnie Phelps departing. So now that's the big question is, who's going to be your impact guy? Who's going to be – how are you going to distribute out the the numbers that Phelps put up across the rest of the D-line? Is it going to be one of the transfers that you brought in? Is it going to be a Jeremy Robinson stepping up? Is it going to be a, a younger guy, somebody maybe on the interior like DJ Withers, Tommy Dunn? Like, who's it going to be? What's that going to look like? And I still don't feel like we have a clear answer, which is kind of bad, but also it's June. I guess it's almost July, but you know, you still you still got over almost basically two months still to try to figure that out, and you'll have fall camp to figure it out too. But that's the biggest question by far: is what's that going to look like? Can you put pressure on opposing quarterbacks without Lonnie Phelps? And if so, are you going to need to blitz more? And is that going to impact the integrity of your pass defense in the secondary? If you're leaving guys on islands because you have to blitz to try to compensate for the fact that you can't get to the quarterback with four guys. There's just a lot of questions that all revolve around that one issue of no Lonnie Phelps. Yes. Yeah, because he was your best defensive player. And so it's it's almost like you need the sum of the parts to improve enough to overcome yeah, that. Exactly. Because you have enough back elsewhere. But yeah, it's, it's really, to me, it is the D-line and the front seven. Uh, the linebacking core from so 2021, KU had one of the worst linebacking cores in, in Power 5. Uh, you go back to last year, they're probably still, if you were grading out the unit, last in the Big 12, but there still was a sizable increase in the level of play. And I think you have yeah. enough guys there you trust. Like, you trust Rich Miller. Uh, there have been a lot of good things said about J.B. Brown, who I really liked what, what he did at Bowling Green before he came over to KU. I really like Craig Young. Now, I don't know that you consider him a full yeah, linebacker or safety. Craig Young, like, when the defense has meetings, <laughs> where does he go? What does he do? Does he just go to both? Yeah, you know, that's what I'm saying. Kind like, of a, what is a hybrid, right? He, where does he go? Yeah. Does he just have his own meeting by I himself? Know. I don't know. And like Taiwan Berryhill, like he, he improved a ton from 2021 to 2022, right? So so if he has another upward arrow pointed at 2023, that'll be a great sign and they'll be just fine at linebacker. But yeah, that was a weakness for you last year. And you mentioned losing Lonnie Phelps and you, and you lose a lot of other upperclassmen defensive linemen. Like how good is that D-line and the front seven going to be? Who is going to be the best pass rusher? Those are, those are very real questions about this defense. And if you're not a great pass rushing unit, how good can you be? Well, it actually is funny you ask. I was, uh, I, I continue, I've, I've mentioned this several times, so uh, humble brag, I've been reading my college football preseason magazine, blah, blah, oh, blah. Oh, nice, yeah. Um, oh, yes, I am very educated. <laughs> oh, yes. My, I was, uh, with I was, my tea and monocle, yeah. reading college football magazine. Um, I am very intelligent. <laughs> I have a very large brain. Thank you, thank you. Uh, Minnesota ranked 13th in the Big Ten last year in sacks. Okay. They also had the number four scoring defense in the entire country. Wow. So you can get it done in other ways. It just it puts more pressure on your coverage. It puts more pressure on your okay, run defense. Okay, but Minnesota also got to play New Mexico, who was like, I could start for New Mexico. <laughs> or New Mexico State. I don't know which one it was. They played one of those, and then they, they beat them like 45-0. to zero, And I could have played for them. Uh, let's see. I think it was New Mexico. They did. Uh, yeah, New Mexico State. 38-0 oh, to open up the okay. season. Yeah, New Mexico State, yeah. Yeah. No. What was uh, their what was their non-con? New Mexico State, did Western they have an- Illinois. <laughs> okay. And Colorado, who was like the worst Power Five team. <laughs> <laughs> Not great. 
Not a great one there. Yeah, so, you know, I could have played for New Mexico State. Okay. Western Illinois, I, I mean, the Leathernecks, by the way. <laughs> I which think is that's true, sweet, yeah. Sweet logo. But I guess— And then uh, Colorado stunk. I, I guess my point here is this. Like, if you noticed, KU during the transfer portal was looking for edge rushers. You know who else was looking for edge rushers? Literally Everyone. every single school Because you know why? Ever. There's not enough good edge rushers across yes. college football. Yes. I mean, we heard from— uh, this was a, a couple months ago. John Kirby came on and talked about how there were fringe group of five level players that yes. were getting power five offers because teams Multiple. are really desperate for just anybody. Yeah. Anybody. So I, I know this is more about the questions, and I still do have questions about the pass rush and everything and how good it can be. And you do have to hit a certain level. But I guess my point is that if you're giving me the option between KU being a, a decent pass rushing team versus being a decent run uh, defense team, I think I'm taking the run defense team. Yeah, I think that just speaks to the confidence you have in the secondary, right? Like, even if you can't, even if KU's pass rush ends up being like not very good to bad, you feel pretty good that the secondary can can maybe kind of even that out a little bit and you can still be decent against the pass. And so, yeah, maybe you would be like, you know what? Let's just focus on being run stuffers and, you know, filling up gaps and try to slow down the run with the D line. And maybe that negatively impacts us a little bit, but but even still, even if you even if you want to take that route and you want to say, you know what, let's just focus on stopping the run of the front seven. We trust the secondary. We've got a lot of veterans back there. Even in that scenario, you still need a guy or two that can be impact pass rush players when you get to third and long, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, third and long for a defense, that is when you absolutely have to make a stop. That's when you have to be at your peak. You cannot be you cannot be a successful team and be giving up third down and eight plus consistently. Sure, you just can't. And one of the ways you do that, pass rush. Yeah, and I do think there is something to be said if you trust your pass rush or your back end. I should say maybe you can blitz more often and maybe generate that. Uh, here's a fun trivia question for you: 2007 Kansas team obviously won the Orange Bowl. They did. Yeah. Do you know who led them in sacks and with how many? It was their. It was one of their linebackers. It was. Uh, Oh, I can picture him in my head. It was not one of the linebackers. It wasn't? No. Oh. Well, never mind. Joe Mortensen, if that's my... He was... To be fair, Joe Mortensen and Mike Rivera, who were both linebackers... Mike Rivera was the guy ...were tied second on the team at three sacks. The guy who had three and a half was Max Onyegbule. He had three and a half. Uh, I don't even... Is he a D-lineman? D-lineman, yeah. I didn't even know what position he played. So, again, you you can get it done by committee. um, Well, and listen... But it still is a concern. I think it was uh, the linebackers coach for KU this year said that... He wouldn't be shocked if Craig Young led the team in sure. sacks because they might be using him as a blitz guy. Yeah, and, and I think that's the point. If you trust your back end, that'll help you, but it still is a real question. Um, I, I think just overall on the defense, like, can they be good enough overall? Because if this ends up being one of the bottom two or three defenses in the conference, that puts a lot of pressure on the offense yeah. to be, like, elite just to make you a six yeah. or seven win team. Yeah. Yeah, and I think a lot of KU fans are looking at the offense and just kind of penciling them in as being a top offense. That's not a necessarily a guarantee, right? So you would like to see your defense set up a little bit to where you don't have to sit there and say, hey, offense, you're going to have to put up 41 points a game for KU to win seven games. That's not necessarily a recipe for success, long-term success. So that, you know, that that is I, – I 100% agree with that. I mean, you don't – if you're a bottom two defense of the Big 12 – that's that's not good. That's not what you want to be. Yeah, and and I will say, uh, Texas Tech, who 
what, won eight games last year. They went seven and five in the regular season. Then they won the bowl game. Yes. I think they were eighth of the ten teams in, in yeah, defense. You know who Texas Tech had? Tyree Wilson. Yes. One of the best Good. pass yeah. rushers in the entire country. So you you can be a not very good defense if you have a and game. If you record. have an X factor, then it's fine. AKA kind of what KU had last year with Lonnie Phelps. Yep. Right? There was a couple games where he made impacts. Yep. So you can be a not very good to bad defense if you have an X factor type player. Which KU? I mean, I think you could put Kobe Bryant in that category as an X factor type player. But you need a guy in your front seven who can be that as well. I think. Yeah, I, I think that's definitely fair. And uh, also, the difference between being eighth of ten teams could be closer together to the middle half or the top half than being, say, twelfth of fourteen teams with the more yeah. teams added. Yeah. Um, and that, that's definitely notable there. But yeah, I mean, can you just at least be better against the run? Can you at least just be a good turnover defense? Can you at least be the like? At least have something that can be like a calling card over the course of a season. You know what I mean? That. The, the expectation isn't for this defense, can you become a top-five defense in the league? No. It's, can you get as close to middle of the pack as possible, yes. right? And, and if you do that, I mean, if, if KU, there's a recipe if for success. If eighth in Big 12, that's a success. You're going to feel great. This year. Yes. Yeah, if you, if you guaranteed me right now the Kansas defense finished eighth in the Big 12 that, that and was, you know, that, yards allowed, points per game, yep. I think you'd take that, it that and run. That would be fantastic. Uh, special teams, real quick. Um, I, I this kind of goes back in line with the offense. I feel like it'll be better, but I just have questions in general. Like I don't, we just don't really know who's going to be where. How good is yeah. the Australian punter going to be? Who's going to be returning? Kicks? Well, I told you how I, much I, is Sean Snyder going to impact? I took a day trip to Australia. <laughs> you did, <laughs> so you're good. very confident. Um, how much better is Seth Keller going to be? Uh, I do have one miscellaneous one. Okay, what is the aggressiveness going to be like? If you remember the first year of the Lance Leipold era, KU was one of the most aggressive teams going forward on fourth down in the conference last year. They became one of the least there aggressive teams some in the conference. Yes, there were some questions. What type of aggressiveness are they going to be? Because I would just think, in general, I tend to lean on the side it's better to be aggressive. I think that goes up even more when you do have questions about the defense and your offense is your best unit. I think yes. it even makes more sense, and you have a good quarterback yes. that you trust yes. to be more aggressive. I, I think that's going to, because that could be the difference between winning one extra game. You know, working oh, on the margins, right? 100%, yeah. Yeah, and if you're KU and you want to make a bowl game, that one to two games where, you know, again, we I mean, we've talked about it in our Jayhawk Rewind segments where you go back to the West Virginia game, fourth and three from midfield with a chance to get the first down and win the game. You go for the punt, and it comes back to bite you. You manage to win the game still, though, but still. Against Duke, you have a chance to run four-minute offense to win the game. You can't even get one yard. You can't even get one single yard with the, with, with the offense you have. You got to punt. And again, it doesn't come back to bite you, but still, right? So there's examples where it didn't that lack of aggressiveness with the lead late in the game kind of came back to hurt KU a couple times. Now they managed to get wins in in a few of those cases, but that's still something to keep an eye on. Yep. All right. He's Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. This is Rock Chalk Sports Talk. Dirk Wed's going to join us in about 15 minutes on KLWN. Depend on it. Welcome back in on Rock Chalk Sports Talk. Derek Johnson with Nick Springer. We got a very special guest who uh, stopped by the station today. Dirk Wed, former legendary Lawrence High football coach, spent some time with KU baseball. Lawrence High, we we're just talking about that as well. And uh, you know, I, I guess I'm going to kind of leave you an open forum, an open floor here. Um, we were talking about some of the youth baseball stuff going on in Lawrence and how. Uh, over at Holcomb, where they have baseball fields and, and they're doing all these these youth events and stuff, uh, kind of getting the ball rolling on the possible idea of doing some some turf out there. So uh, I guess uh, take me through what got you to begin with 
interested in doing something with this and in trying to fundraise some event like this and and what made this a passion deal for you you know derek that's that's a great question first of all uh thanks for having me and then uh second of all uh my wife kicks me out of the house every morning and tells me to do something so no uh to be perfectly honest i just felt like uh this community's done so much for me you know being raised here and then you know all the people have touched my life and and uh you know everything at lawrence high that i just felt like it was a way to maybe pay back uh you know the community but you know, again, it's a it's a big venture. I've I've raised you know a lot of money for for Lawrence High, Lawrence High football. But you know, again, this is a whole different animal. But uh, again, my my dream would be to be able to turf all four of those fields. And um, with turf, the great thing is is that from eight eight years old to fifteen, you can have softball, you can have baseball. Uh, in the fall, you could. Uh, you know, line the outfield and have flag football. You could have smaller uh, soccer. So it's unlimited as far as what turf can do. You know, again, turf uh, mammoth has been very kind. A uh, former friend, uh, uh, head football coach of Olathe South, Mark Littrell, uh, he works for them, and and he he got me in the door with them. So they were very helpful in in knowledge uh, what what could happen. The price tag is unbelievable three million dollars for those four fields but you know again it's it's possible anything i i i can't believe this this town can't rally around uh you know a facility um i picked holcomb because it means a a lot to me louis holcomb coached me way back in the in the 60s and that's who it's named after uh but more importantly what what got me excited about holcomb was that somewhere around 30 percent of our kids on in school with free and reduced lunch are within biking or or walking distance of of that facility so you know they oftentimes can't get in a car and go to rock chalk they can't get in a car and go to ysc but they could hop on their bike and have you know camps or or whatever and which really is intriguing to me yeah. So, I mean, uh, when you're talking about raising the funds and everything, is there a, a specific place or is this just kind of in the in the beginning stages of trying to get something together to, to create that fundraising for, for this project? Good question. Uh, I've visited with, um, you know, uh, Derek Rogers, who's Parks and Recreation Director. And uh, again, that, you know, any anything like this is way down the road as far as, uh, you know, baseball and softball in this community. He's, um, those people are talking more like, you know, on, you know, somewhere 26, 27, whatever. And, you know, hell, I may be dead by then. So, but, uh, <laughs> no, so my, my wife is pregnant right now. And this, I think very applicable to me who, you know, whatever, four or five years down the sure. road, Absolutely. we could be having a kid who's, who's playing, you know, <laughs> local baseball or softball in the area. And we're going to want the best proper facilities. Absolutely. And, and the great thing is, is that, you know, with turf, you can, um, God, you, the, the maintenance, maintenance, you save money on watering, on maintenance, um, and then you can use it in so many different ways. And, and uh, you know, people know about travel travel baseball, travel softball, and, and organizations like PBR and, and Perfect Game. They, I've had lunch with, with those people, and, and they would kill to have something like this in Lawrence for 
the runoff from Topeka. Uh, some people have been to Bettis. That's an amazing facility. Kansas City's got facilities, of course. The thing that's depressing is when you go around and see facilities at Ottawa and Paola and places like that that are, you know, make us look like, you know, um, we're, we're so far behind. But, again, that doesn't mean we can't catch up, too, because uh, we can. Mm-hmm. And so who, who are the, I guess, uh figures that basically trying to convince here is this a city of lawrence thing is this a, a holcomb park ownership of that like who who exactly is the uh, base that we're trying to um i, I guess convince to, to do this <laughs> right derek it's uh they, they you know the the parks and recreation are uh uh is the key and, and again they they don't have any money uh i've met with them twice and and they uh you know they, their money is going in other directions which i, I understand um so it's going to have to be it's going to have to be someone um that steps up and and uh you know a bunch of people that, you know write some big checks but you know again i've met with uh capital federal and they i've met with them twice and and they're they're interested um people don't realize that capital federal has been in Lawrence for a long, long time. They think of Topeka, but um, Lawrence is a, a huge place for them. And then, um, you know, a couple of banks in town, I've met with them, and then uh, a couple of foundations in Kansas City and, and um, Wichita. And to tell you the truth, the foundations are, are somewhat excited in that we're talking about, um, you know, kids that don't have opportunities. And they're always looking to help you know, kids that, that don't have the same um, financial ability as, as others. So, you know, they've, they have uh, shown some interest. So, um, but again, just getting the word out, um, like here and, and other places, uh, is a huge key. Because I know this town, and I know there's, there's people that care about kids, um, you know, down deep inside. They've you know this community is a great place to raise your 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 kids. I I was raised here and turned around and raised two kids and now I've got grandkids. Um, I wouldn't trade this town for for anywhere. Yeah, and so and so for people then who who might be interested in, in helping out with this project. So I guess then it would be calling the local Parks and Rec and and kind of bothering them about it, right? And and telling them that hey, I'm interested in doing something with this. I'm I'm interested in donating to this, supporting this, right? Yeah, I think probably going through me first because. Okay. Uh, you know they they've got a lot of irons in the fire and and they've you know they they've got other things that are uh, more important to them right now than than this. This is way down on the on the pecking order, but um, you know again we can we can do this and and if we you know the more the more money we can raise and relieve them, maybe at some point they'll say you know what this is a pretty good deal uh, we can we can help uh, so. Hopefully, uh, you know, I've always, always believed, you know, coaching at Lawrence High every, every year uh, because of the great tradition, you only have one goal, and that's to win a state championship. Well, you know, I'm setting my goal at $3 million and, yeah. and, and maybe that's a state championship, but you know something, if, uh, if you don't aim for it, you're not going to get it. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm sure the, the fundraising of just being a high school head coach is, is coming in handy here when you're kind of putting this project together. Uh, you mentioned going through you then. So, so what would be the best way for people to get in contact with you? I'll just uh, give me a call, 785-218-2018, and, uh, or 
they they can usually find me somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. You can just see him walking around and everything. Uh, I do since we have you here. If if you would like, I'd love to reminisce on some some past LHS and, and maybe some KU stories here. Um, I guess LHS. When when you look back, uh, do you have a favorite memory of coaching a game? Do you have a I don't know favorite team or something like that that that, that you remember just so fondly? Derek, that's a terrible question. <laughs> because it's like picking your because, favorite children, right? Exactly. Yeah. And but. Golly, there's been so many, you know, I, I've been so fortunate to have, uh, you know, great players. And, and you know, what people don't realize is that when, when you coach, you know, they become part of your family. And, uh, you know, what's really cool is to get, um, you know, Christmas cards. That's my favorite time because I get Christmas cards from, from former players and they, they – they tell me that they've had their third child or they send me a picture of the of their first one or they tell me that they're getting married. You know, that gets expensive going to all those weddings. But, <laughs> uh, you know, also, you know, just their first job, uh, you know, how how they're doing. And and that's that's what makes that's why you coach. It's not, you know, Friday night's unbelievable. Um, there's not a greater, greater thing in the world. But, um, you know, again, uh the relationships that, that you built. And, uh, you know, that's the great thing about Lawrence high. Um, when I was with, uh, when I was assistant with Purdy, we, we had, you know, an unbelievable run, you know, Lawrence high from the, from the early eighties to the mid nineties, uh, you know, 10 state championships and three others that got to the finals and two, we didn't even make it to the, to the finals. And we didn't even know if the sun was going to, (laughs) <laughs> raise and then and then when you know and then when free state was built mm-hmm. it, it hurt it hurt us for a while but we we rebounded and had um you know some some good you know good years you know um again there's you know it's just so so crazy to uh you know start start with brandon mcanderson he he was a top 11 player and Brad Strauss was a top eleven player. Amani Bledsoe, top eleven player. J J D Woods, top eleven players. So, you know, it was amazing. When I had good players, I was a pretty good coach. And then when <laughs> <laughs> when when we fell on hard times, um, you know, it was it was tough. But you know, again, it's what what an unbelievable school, um, and um, you know, it's a great school to to. Uh, teach in because teachers care about the kids and and uh they they love um you know a lot of them bleed red and black and after lawrence high he spent some time and as an analyst at uh at ku and, and doing some work with with ku what was that like in those roles because we hear all the time coaches taking these analyst roles but i don't i don't think that most people actually know what what exactly are they doing are they just watching you know game tape on future teams yeah uh it's uh, you know i I retired from Lawrence High, and like two days later, I went to work for Coach Beatty and and, and Clint Bowen. And so, uh, it w- I, we were the first team to have analysts. And so, Clint actually, because uh, I worked on the defensive side, and so that meant I was scouting offense. And there were two of us, so I scouted, uh, you know, the quarterbacks, uh, running backs, and receivers. And then another gentleman had the offensive line. And so we were always a week ahead. So on Sunday, we walked in and gave, you know, Clint and the defensive staff uh, a review of what, what the next opponent was. And then as soon as we were done with that, we went to the next one. So we were always always a week ahead. And um, it's 
it's interesting. Um, you know, again, I I was very fortunate um, after college. My my second job, I was a head baseball and assistant football coach at Pratt Juco, and then from there. I, I lucked into the greatest job of all time at Wichita State as uh, outside linebacker coach at 24 years old, working for Willie Jeffries, who was the first um, African-American head football coach in Division One history. So that's something that you're so proud of. And, and uh, you know, he taught me so much about relationships and things like that. So, uh, you know, again, I've I've been, I mean, you talk about, a person that's had a, a a gold spoon in his mouth, you know who who gets a head job out of college, and then the, your next job is a Division One job at you know working for the greatest guy in the world, and then go back to your alma mater and work for Dick Purdy and win a hundred state championships, and then and then be fortunate enough to be the head coach at your alma mater for nineteen years. So you know, um, but you know, getting back to KU, so we get fired. And Clint and, and ba- Coach Beatty said, you know, it doesn't look very good when they hired us. So I'm not doing anything. It's good. So then uh, we got fired, and, and Miles, Coach Miles uh, hired me as director of high school relations for a couple of years. And that was hard because we were bad and COVID, and, and Coach is hard to work for. Um, and I'll just leave it at that. And then, <laughs> and then, uh, and then the great thing was after our second year, before – Coach Miles got fired. I got a great buyout and and uh, some severance um, before because they were trying to get rid of old people. <laughs> but anyway, there's there's a lot of good uh, a lot of good people that I met and worked with um, in those three years at KU. Yeah, absolutely. And now back here doing all the fundraising and stuff for for this possible. Holcomb Park Baseball new facility. Do you, do you have a name for the project at all? No, no, no just very simple. Just a dream. Yes, just a just dream. A dream. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, you you want to give that phone number one more time that people can give a call? Yeah, it's seven eight five two one eight two zero one eight. And you know, again, Derek uh, KLWN and and you people have done so much for youth, uh, youth and high school and in, in this community. Uh, at, you're one reason this is this is a great community because of this radio station from from Hank on on up or down or whatever uh, it's been special. Yeah, thank, thank you has. so much. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's Dirk Wed. Uh, thank you to him again. Give him a call or just find him any way you can. And and if you're interested in helping out with this Holcomb Park baseball project with improving the facilities and, and some of the local youth sports here uh, in the area in Lawrence, this is Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN. Depending on it. Four o'clock hour on RCST with Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. We'll have a, a fun game coming up. NHL draft prospect or we'll get to that or coming up or in what? our next segment. You'll have to wait to find out. What? Yeah. Dude. I'm not going to let you study. That is crap. Um, we will also have Florida Man Mad Libs. Uh, an update on Nick Marsh coming up in the five o'clock hour here. First, though, it is your favorite segment of the week. Oh, uh, yes. Mm, yes. KU Mailbag. That's right. Mm, KU yes. Mailbag. Thank you. All right. First up <laughs> from Chris. Hi, guys. Hi, back. Hey. Rank the last five KU football bowl teams, which to be clear, for going reverse chronologically, you have last year's Liberty Bowl team. You have the 08 Insight Bowl team. You have the 08 Orange Bowl team, which was technically the 07 team. 
the 05 Fort Worth Bowl team and the 03 Tangerine Bowl team. Okay, well, I think obviously number one's got to be Orange Bowl, right? Yeah, that's very clearly number <laughs> one. Not even a debate. So, yes, we can get that out of the way now. Okay, well, there's number one. Number two for me is the 2022 Liberty Bowl team. Mm. Just because that was awesome. That was so <laughs> sick. So you're just, you're just giving just them bonus sick. points for sickness. <laughs> It was just sweet, man. It was awesome. Uh, I got to appreciate it. It was totally just, I don't even, I don't, it was awesome. I don't know how else to describe it. It was just really cool and fun. And uh, yeah, number two is the Liberty Bowl team for me. That, is that same for you? I guess I'm different. No, it, it is different for me. Um, oh. So I, I actually have the Insight Bowl team. From uh, 2008 ahead okay. of it. I mean, you have a lot of pieces back from the Orange Bowl team. Obviously, they did lose a lot, too. Otherwise, you know, would it, like you lose a keep to leave, right? But there are a lot of pieces there, too. You look at both teams. They both have good enough quarterbacks to win you a game late with Todd Reesing or Jalen Daniels. So I'm not going to give, like, a huge bump one way or another there. Um, the 08 team averaged 33.4 points per game. That was 23rd in the country. Last year's team was 21st in the country. But the difference here is that the 08 team, it didn't have a great defense either. But they were still 82nd in the country, giving up 28 points per game. Last year's team was 124th, giving up 35 and a half, right? So that's that's not great. Um, they yeah. also won their bowl game by a resounding margin. They won more regular season games. Now, I guess you could make the argument if Jalen Daniels is healthy all year, is last year's team, does it end up being better? Maybe. Yeah. Than, but than see, maybe I don't could. really care about that. I just care about, you care about the vibe. what was I excited about. Yeah. What mm-hmm. were the vibes? Well, also, like, that team had, I mean, James Holt was unbelievable in 08. He had uh, 105 tackles, 19 and a half tackles for loss, 10 sacks, and an interception. Yeah, that's a good year. Pretty good numbers for a hey, uh, football 2023 linebacker. version could use that. That team also had Daryl Stuckey, Mike Rivera, Joe Mortensen, Justin Thornton, Chris Harris, Jake Laptad. Like, a lot of dudes on that defense that at least Russell Brorson that could step up at different points. You had a, a young Damon Patterson who was contributing all over the field for them. Jake Sharp was really good. You had Desmond Briscoe. I, I think the 08 team yeah, for me a lot is of, clearly headed. That's definitely number three for me. Okay. But I still like the Liberty Bowl number two. Okay. So, I yeah, I would go with the Insight Bowl two, and then I would actually have I would have the Liberty Bowl three. So, we're just we're just okay. reversing those. Okay. Um, next on my list would be the Fort Worth Bowl team in 2005. Now, you could make the case that the Fort Worth Bowl team should be higher than last year's Liberty Bowl team because the Fort Worth Bowl team was 7 and 5. Last year's Liberty Bowl team was 6 and 7. Um it's it's a tale of different things they were good at though. Like the 05 team was a top 30 defense in the country, but their offense was 84th in the country in points per game. So it'd be a very different style of play. I, they also blew out Houston in the bowl yeah, game, forty-two it. to thirteen. Yeah. And you could give them points for that, but I just like okay. So Jason Swanson, who was great in the bowl game, won bowl game MVP. Him and Brian Luke that year combined for thirteen touchdowns and eighteen interceptions. Wow. And I, I would just get worried that they wouldn't be able to keep up. I know they have the good running backs, John Cornish and, and Clark Green, um, but I just don't think they have the five. Okay. I mean, their leading receiver was am a tight I, end. Am I wrong for saying that? A blowout in a bowl game, even if you win, like I, I would rather have the bowl game be exciting mm-hmm. than just being a blowout. Is that wrong? Is that? I I don't think people care. You get the bowl win, you get the bowl win. Who cares, right? Sure. I, I see what you're saying I though. Guess, like, but like I don't know. In I, 
I, I see what you're saying. Like, would you like rather you have an exciting, if you won like, the Arkansas game or if you won the Houston game, which are you going to remember more? You're oh, going to yeah. remember the crazy game. Oh, yeah. I think in the moment, though, you just want to blow the other team out. There's something fun about that. Put a put an exclamation mark sure, on the season. Sure, but in hindsight, does that mean in you, hindsight, you don't yeah. remember it as well? No, you're, you're right. You're right. Right? Um, that, it would like, be a, like in who's going to remember the aren't the Fort Worth Bowl versus who's going to remember the Liberty Bowl, even though KU lost, right? Yeah, is that crazy? Am I being crazy? No, I don't think so. No, I don't think so at all. Um, so I I do think it'd be a fun chess match. I mean, Nick Reed, Big Twelve Defensive Player of the Year, Kevin Kane, Blanks Floodman or Banks Floodman, Charlton Keith, Akib Talib. Charles Gordon, James McClinton, like that going against last year's KU offense would be so much fun. Uh, also, you'd have the bad KU offense in 05 versus the bad KU defense from last year. I'm trying to see. Why do you want to compare? Like, why do you want that, to play each other? It's important. Like if we're if we're trying to rank these out, I don't know. I what thought else we were just ranking them more off of like. Well, it's based on kind of body of work. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Um, yeah. Hmm. I don't know. That's a tough one, man. I, I think I just tend to go with if you get, have a great offense versus a great defense, I'll take the great offense. So I, I'm going to go with that one over the 05 team. And then I think yeah. uh, 03 Tangerine Bowl would be the last one. You get blown out. Yeah. You're 6-6. Six and six. Yeah, That, that was kind of like what last year was for KU, where it was just like a celebration to make it to a bowl game. And that was the first bowl game for Mark Mangino in year two. The big hope for, for Kansas is that you don't follow the same path and that you don't make a bowl game in year two before making it in year three. Um, but that team, I mean, you had Bill Whittemore, so you had the dynamic good quarterback. You had the really good running game. The Wait, defense, they lost to Phillip Rivers? That yeah. makes me mad. I, in the postgame, Phillip Rivers like had one of his kids. That that makes me mad. <laughs> Blown out by I'm, Phillip Rivers. I'm mad about that. 56-26. No, I'm, I'm, Does I'm, that just I'm, automatically I put am, them fifth for you? I'm irrationally angry okay. about that. Yes. So, yeah, I, I think that's the way I would go. Orange Bowl, Inside Bowl, Liberty Bowl, Fort Worth Bowl, Tangerine Bowl. I would do, rankings. but I'd be fine same, switching Fort Worth and Liberty. Liberty is actually above Insight. Okay, that's in fine. My opinion. Uh, Wayne, I want to get my kid a new KU football jersey this year, but I want someone that will be on the team for multiple years. What jersey should I get? This is an interesting question, and uh, you and I had a brief conversation about this off air about the question. Because the question lends itself to suggest that you want to get a guy who's going to be still on the team for the next couple of seasons, which in that case, it might eliminate someone like Jalen Daniels, who might only be on the team maybe as much as just this year or maybe one more year. Or it might, or, you know, it eliminates Jason Bean or it eliminates, mm-hmm. you know, seniors. So if you're looking for a guy, that's kind of how I view the question of, you want to get some. You want to get the jersey of a player who is on the team right now and is going to be on the team for the next couple of years. Yes, that's right? how I viewed it. Yes. yes. Okay. So when you look when you look at it from that perspective, I think you could you would probably want to avoid Dylan Daniels, Devin Neal, even like a Kobe Bryant. Yeah, because those guys could even they go could, pro they after the yes, junior they year. They could leave. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think uh, someone like Quentin Skinner, okay. would be a good answer because. He's, he's going fun. into his second season. He makes big he's plays fun. downfield. He's a really, really media-savvy guy. Mm-hmm. I love whenever he talks to the media because he always gives great answers. He's always a, a joy to be around. And he's explosive. And he's fun. So I think that would be one, one that I would go with. Part of the fun of jerseys is having players that you just like watching. They're yes. fun. And Quentin Skinner is just that with his explosive play. I mean, you could make the real long-term play and be like, 
Let's get an in-state guy. If you're, I, I don't know if this this question was from somebody like who lives in the area, uh, but like a Jaden Ham. You know, it would be fun to have a jersey on the back that says Ham. You know, you play the long-term <laughs> play with Jaden Ham to eventually be a good tight end. But you never know with young players. So yeah, I, I agree yeah. with you that you want someone who's playing right now, but you feel like multiple years. To that notion. Uh, outside of Quentin Skinner, to me, Jared Casey is a great answer. But isn't he? How many years does he have left? He has two this year, next year. So you're getting multiple years. You got two uh, years, maybe. I think the, the time to get a Jared Casey jersey would have been like last year, probably. But also, you didn't know how much he was going to play last year. Now you know he's, he knew he was going to play. Well, I guess that's true. Well, and think about it this way too: Mason Fairchild's in his last year. So Jared Casey's still going to play a big role this year. Yeah. Uh, we saw him last year, even with Mason Fairchild. But once Mason Fairchild graduates after this year. Could Casey become like an all-Big 12 tight end? And then you're buying in early on that, too. And yeah. here's the beauty of Jared Casey. It's also the... He's a cult hero. He, exactly. He's a That's cult one hero. of those jerseys where in 20 years... Everyone's going to be like... Everybody's going to be like, oh, awesome. that guy's a Jared Casey yeah, jersey, right? That's sweet. Yeah. The same way that like somebody you'll see somebody okay, with a Chiefs like Dante to, Hall jersey, this right? This not going to be able to fit into his Jared Casey jersey <laughs> in 20 true. years. That is true. That's true. Okay. Uh, but I, I do think Jared Casey has something to it that, I don't know, there's something fun about that. And it'll always yeah. be associated with me as the beginning of the Lance Leipold oh, yeah. era with that win over Texas, right? Uh, Luke Graham, LJ Arnold. Now, Arnold, I, I continue to think he could have a breakout year. Yeah, Arnold's I, had a thousand I would yards. maybe could he go pro? clear of Lawrence Arnold. But Luke Graham, that could be a good one. Program guy, like yeah. long-term receiver, have a couple years yeah. left with him. I also think OJ Burroughs is a decent one. That's a good one. What about Daniel Highshaw? I think Highshaw can have two or three more years. I don't even know, to be honest. Because there was the red shirt. There was COVID year. I, I don't know. Then he, you know. I think he can have three more years. Then if that's the case, then Highshaw might be the best answer. He might. But how will injuries affect his career? I don't know. So I would that's go with Jared Casey. You don't want to get a guy that's going to be hurt. If I yeah, you don't want to get a guy that's going to be hurt. Yeah, for sure. Uh, this one from Sherman. What logo should KU have at the center of their football field and basketball court? Okay. With the basketball court, I think you just keep the same logo you have, right? There's something about that. There's something about maintaining that the tradition of the basketball court. I don't think you need to change the basketball court, right? Is that fair? I think that's there, there's fine, something, but they have changed it a lot. Well, not a lot. Not a lot. Amount. But they haven't changed it in a while as far as I know, have they? It, it feels like it's been changed through the different coaches, like there was with Roy Williams, they had a different one. Was it the K? Hmm. Actually, I'd be fine with the K. The K would be cool. It's like a throwback. Yeah. The K is cool. I'm cool with that. But I don't know, man. The Jayhawk, man. The Jayhawk. You've got to have it. You got to have it prominent. I think it should. I think it should stay the same. With football, I think is where you could experiment more. I mean, how cool would it be with football if you had like the Warhawk logo? Yeah. That would be sweet. I'd be fine with that. Um, I don't think the K logo would look very good at, on football. No, I agree. Yeah, they've done the K logo in the past on, I don't I don't know. They. It feels like the Jayhawk logo currently on the basketball just keeps getting bigger and bigger. I agree with That'd that. That'd be hilarious if it like, took up the whole that. court. If like, what, no, what they do is every year they increase it by like an inch. Yeah. And they see if anybody notices. Tell, yeah. yeah, they see if anybody notices. <laughs> Eventually, it's like in the paint on both sides. That would be hilarious. Yeah, I, I think I, you keep I, the Jayhawk logo for, for basketball. Yeah. It's got, it, you just need it. You need it. It's got to be. I agree. I think it'd be cool too if they did like the uh, the 1912 logo on like the volleyball court. Mm-hmm. If we're going to even more sports. Yeah. Yeah. Because I always envisioned that. I don't know, man. The 1912 logo, it just looks soft. No, but see, so I always envision that legs. Jayhawk being like tall because it's got the tall, skinny legs, and that works for volleyball. 
Yeah, you but got then tall you get, players who you know, jump just high. Break your you legs because you're a skinny little, you know. <laughs> okay. Now I don't think the 1912 logo would really I look good. I definitely would love to see Warhawk in the middle of the KU football field. Though. Warhawk for football, yeah. I think, is pretty much a slam dunk for sure. Everybody would like that. I wouldn't even anything hate. else. Anything else you put on football? Well. I don't know about football. Like, maybe you could mess with the end zones, like what it says in the end zones or the type of script or, or what's in there or the colors what if they did of the like end zone. The, what if they did, like, you know the on the baseball jerseys, they have the Jayhawks, like, cursive script? Mm-hmm. What if they did that in the end zone? I think that in looks sharp. Zones. Yeah, for sure. Um, I even wouldn't be opposed to Which is the Jayhawk? Like, the Crowhawk? You know what, what they, I'm talking about? Yeah. Doing that okay. on the baseball field? What if they did, like, just the Jayhawk head logo? You know what I'm talking about? Like, only the head on the football field at, at midfield? How do you feel about that? You've seen that. You know what I'm talking about, right? Like, yeah, like I know just the head. About. Yeah, I'd like the Warhawk better. I would too, but I'm just I'm just tossing some ideas out there. This one from Jackson. If you could pick three KU legends to have a beer with, who would you pick? Hmm. Okay. You actually have a guy on your list that was going to be on my list, also. Okay. Um. I guess first things first. Do they have to be alive? I don't think so. No, okay. because think about it. A lot of times when you have these conversations, normally it's like. What dead celebrity would you want to go back and have a drink with? I don't think they have to be alive. Okay. No, they can be passed away. If they're passed, I, Wilt Chamberlain immediately for me. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of interesting stories. Yes. A lot of interesting stories. I had John Hadle. John Hadle's on mine. I have John Hadle as but, well. Uh, but, like, I guess, are we assuming we could, like, pick the time in their life when we want to sit down with them? Because, like, with Wilt Chamberlain, I almost would rather, like, do Wilt Chamberlain, prime. like... Yeah, like in the NBA. Picking up but with John Hadle, I'd almost rather do it like much later in his yeah, life because we could talk about the stories. Yeah. Well, but also, I mean, we were talking with with some people, and John Hadle, like he could, he could, uh, he could drink you under the table if he wanted to. Like I don't know, there's something <laughs> fun about that. I actually have one on here that I I value as a KU legend. I don't even know if they graduated from KU. I know they went to KU at one point, but we associate them with being KU. Paul Rudd. Oh, I assume this had to be athlete. Okay, it has to be athletes. That was just my assumption. Uh, no, I guess fine. it doesn't have to. I'll take him off. Um, it doesn't have to be, I guess. I don't know. That doesn't specify on the question. Well, I mean, I feel I like... I think John Hadle and Wilt Chamberlain are good ones. Yeah, uh, if we're going to go another athlete, I there's a part of me that wants to go Aqib t- leave. I think he would keep the night interesting. Yeah. You'd hear some good stories there. Yeah. Honestly, Devontae Graham, like he's just a fun-natured guy. Uh, yeah. If you want the night to get really crazy, you can invite Paul Pierce. I don't know if that's the direction we want to go with this. That would go a certain direction. Yes, it would. Maybe, you know, who knows? Yeah. <laughs> Is there anybody else? Would Mark Mangino, would that be interesting? No, because I feel like what would happen is, like, if I was drink with Mark Mangino, I would just get drunk, and then I would just keep saying, dollar signs. <laughs> just keep doing that over and over again. I would get think of so it. annoyed with you. I wouldn't think of anything else. <laughs> I would just keep being like, well, dollar signs. Every time you went to pay for another drink, dollar signs. Are we forgetting somebody that's like super obvious? Probably. No, I think I think Wilt's the most obvious one. I think Wilt. Or what other the most KU basketball like old time KU basketball legends like? Like would JoJo White do anything for you? Or like Clyde? I'd be Lillette? interested. No, I mean, it'd, it'd what be about very Larry Brown? Larry Brown would probably be a good one. But see, I I feel like or dude, what about like Fog Out? I want people that I can I can sit down and have a beer with, and, and yeah, we can talk sports and we can talk your sports stories, but we can just talk about whatever. And like, I almost wonder with Larry Brown, he is like, is his whole life basketball? You know, are we gonna sit down? And we're gonna have to talk about the pick and roll for an hour. I don't want to do that. No offense. You don't want to talk about the intricacies of pick and roll. <laughs> right, right. Now, Larry Brown's probably got a good personality. That would be a good one. But yeah, Will Chamberlain for sure, number one. Okay, uh, this one from from Derek H. Uh, with high expectations for KU football and men's basketball this upcoming year, 
likely better bowl game and banner, respectively. What are realistic expectations for other KU teams, i.e. women's basketball, volleyball, baseball, softball, track and field, etc.? I almost think the expectations for KU women's basketball are even higher this year than they were last year. How can they not be? I mean, you exactly. return like your entire starting lineup. You bring yeah, on like, a even though, even though you didn't make the tournament last year after you made the tournament the, the year before. You won the NIT. Plus, yeah, you bring back basically your entire team. Plus, you've got Samaya Nichols, who's a top tier recruit, like you said. I feel like the expectations have got to be as high as they've ever been in yeah. the last ten to fifteen years. Probably, I for think the, basketball. the ceiling outcomes are go win the Big Twelve. But I think the realistic of like your top four be a top twenty-five team and yeah. be like a top four team in the Big Twelve. I think yeah. those are real expectations. But as high as they've ever been, be at least a second-round team in the NCAA tournament, right? Yeah, and then um, the, similarly for KU baseball, I think the expectations are probably going to be fairly yeah. high. I don't know. It depends on how quickly you expect a roster turnaround. I mean, they've got they brought in the number one JUCO class, but right, a lot of those not guys all are, those kids exactly, joined right away. Exactly. So, and I don't know if does the fact that LSU won the national championship add to the expectations of KU baseball because of Dan Fitzgerald's connection? Maybe a little bit. I mean, we've already seen them seen them hit the transfer portal for a couple good pitchers, including yeah. the, uh, yeah, the, kid the kid from Wichita, Wichita State, State, and then yeah. they had the former like uh, Juco pitcher of the year that they just added a couple weeks ago. Or a week so I ago. feel like the expectations for baseball are going to be like, I guess middle of the pack. Yeah, I mean, can you move up from being... Well, I mean, I think they're still... I, I would assume in the preseason, they're still probably going to get picked to be one of the last teams. Yeah, I would so they were eighth this year. You're probably looking to be picked like, like around there seventh, again. Eighth, ninth again. Can you yeah. move up to sixth or seventh in the league? Can you yeah. finish above 500 overall? Because they were bo- below 500 on the season. Yeah. Right, I think that would be good. Softball, they signed McFalls to an ex- contract extension this last season, I believe. So I would assume their expectations are going to be increased as well because McFalls has now been around for enough years to where I think she has kind of her cycle of all of the her recruits and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, and especially with the extension, I would think that there's some expectations there. Yeah, and I think I, 25 and 27 this past year, again, can you finish like above 500? That would be kind of a, a minimal goal to, you know, scoot yourself up and, and show that improvement. Um, let's see, what else? Track and field has always just been a consistent top, you know, uh, whether yeah. it's been individuals that compete for national titles or the teams. I remember... Uh, I think it was back in 2013 when when I think it was the women's track team like won the national championship. Track and field has always been really solid. Um, so I I don't know realistic expectation for them just every year is to be like a top 25 <laughs> program because that's just kind of what yeah. they are. And I feel like that's kind of the same with volleyball too. It's right? same with volleyball. Yes. Braver Stroud being around for as long as he has, and the continuity they have with that coaching staff feels like they should be a a top half of the Big 12 squad as well. Yeah, and with volleyball, you're now looking at, um, for Caroline BN, like this is going to be her junior year, season, right? right, where you're becoming an upperclassman. You look at Cameron Turner becoming a junior. Like some of these really good young players, in addition to they, they've always been recruiting well and they brought on yeah. you know a good graduate transfer uh, coming in from Michaela Myers from like TCU and stuff. I, I think they added some grad transfers from uh, Texas, or I don't know if they're graduates, all of them, but like Texas Tech and, and Iowa to where like, they should have a really good roster, too. I think the expectation there, I almost, for volleyball, would put the expectation top 25 team as well. And, like, can you push yourself to be hosting in the first weekend of the NCAA tournament where you're a top yeah. 16 seed, right? I think that could be realistic. Um, but there's also a difference between, uh, like, this is our goal versus an expectation. Like, the goal can be higher than the expectation. The goal could be host, be a top 16 seed. The expectation could be be an NCAA tournament team, be a top 25 team at, at different points through the season, right? Yeah. 
Uh, okay, Brian, last one here. I've been saving this question for a while now because I didn't want it to come back to bite us, but is it possible that Oscar Shibway is just a little overrated? Oh, he's I, very overrated. I think we all know that Ochai should have been player of the year in 2022. The second part, I... From the KU perspective, like, sure, yes. Well, okay, but, I, I mean... Let's put it this Shibway's way. numbers were, what, like 18 and 13 or whatever? He put up ridiculous number. It was it was hard because I mean I'm not I'm not gonna be mad that he won Player of the Year. No, I I think it's that like now we look back and we're like man he was not good in pick and roll defense and it caused problems. Yeah, like for, he has a lot of flaws. But that first year he was at Kentucky, it was more the the luster of him putting up yeah. 17 and a half and 15. Yeah, exactly. you know, and it, and it wasn't as much of a thought. Um, so I I get why it did happen. He's I guess though. though. He is overrated. I do agree with that. <laughs> but here's here's an interesting question. To Brian's point about the Ochag Baji thing. Okay. Because I do think that to some level, just from the counting stats, when you see them putting up this amount of insane rebounds, you almost think that is more valuable than... Like, Ochai had such a value that didn't always show up in the stat sheet, which was his ability to space the floor for the rest of his teammates and his just constant running and transition Pause. play. Yeah. What is the only thing that matters when it comes to National Player of the Year? It really is the counting. Counting stats. stats. Yeah, you're right. Nobody cares about but anything should else. should it be? Should it be? No, uh, no, I don't think so. Okay, but that's I, how it is. I have a follow-up question, though. If what? the If the National Player of the Year award was voted on after the NCAA tournament... It would be different. Do you think Ochai wins? Oh. He won Final Four MOP. Maybe. He was a first-team All-American. Yeah, maybe. Does that push him over Shibway, who lost in the first round? To St. Peter's. I think, I think it might. Why do they do that, by the way? Why do they do... Vote before. Oh. That's a wonderful question. Because they do it in college football, too. They've yeah, won the Heisman yeah. before, and it doesn't make but sense But that actually makes sense because... See, I don't think only, it does. No, it does make sense in football because you're only going to play one more game afterwards. But here's Whereas my counter. Whereas in basketball, you could potentially be playing four, five, six more games. They count the stats. This applies for both... The NCAA tournament, postseason, and bowl games. They count the stats to your season stats. Yeah. It's not like the NFL or the NBA where what you do in the postseason doesn't count to your regular season stats. It does in college. So why don't they apply those and vote on these awards afterwards? Maybe the answer is that they're worried that we just as as humans are prisoners of the moment. We're impatient. Right. And so that we would just always vote for the person who won the title. Because we always <laughs> it's like, what have you done for me lately? Right. That's so fair. I, I, yeah. I don't know. That, no, that I, I think it makes sense in football. I think in basketball, it makes less sense. Okay. That's fine. All right. He's uh, Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. Let's get on to a fun game. NHL draft prospect, or we'll tell you about it on the other side. This is RCST on KLWN. Depend on Five o'clock hour. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN. Coming up in our next segment, we've got another wonderful edition of Florida Man Mad Libs, which uh, I'm looking forward to here yeah, on the lose. show. Oh, you're, you're calling your shot I'm right now? I know, yes. You're, you're going to lose. Okay. You're going to feel silly. You're going to feel very silly. No, I'm going to feel vindicated. <laughs> okay. Uh, we will see. Um, so anyway, that's coming up in our next edition. I don't know if you saw this yesterday. This was on uh, social media. I don't have Instagram, but... And yet people, you still find out about this. Yeah, thing. because people screenshot stuff on Instagram that's noteworthy and put it on Twitter. <laughs> it's the same thing with like TikTok. It's like I don't have TikTok, but like when there's a really funny TikTok, somebody will just like but post see, it on I Twitter. I actually had this conversation with somebody and they were like, well, what that basically means is that you're just like a plebeian because you just get it way later than everybody else. <laughs> but does it matter? So like basically they're does like, it really matter? Basically they're like, 
whatever your TikTok you're seeing on Twitter, mm-hmm. it's already so outdated that you're like, <laughs> you just doesn't mean anything. Yeah, I guess. That's, I, what, that's, that's what I've been told. I guess my cool meter I, goes down. I don't have TikTok either. Yeah. I don't use TikTok either. No, I don't I don't really care, though, to be honest. Like, you don't care when am I going to be in a situation? When am I going to be in a situation where it's like, oh, you were two days late on that? Like, you're, what if you're ruined. Like you're fired. Sorry. news only on TikTok? Um, if like it's, it's the most truth. I, I guess like define like is is it a player committing on TikTok is what you're saying basically I, I don't know, breaking sure, news yes. because then guess yes. what somebody's just gonna post on Twitter so and so committed might, on TikTok you'll find out later so you won't even know doesn't matter <laughs> does it does it matter if it's an hour later if I find out I'm still gonna be able to react about it and talk about it right it's not like he's know, gonna man. commit and then after an hour it's gonna disappear and then you only know that he committed and then well you then talk we'll talk about, about it when he decommitted when he decommitted but you would always on delay so if it's a delay I would eventually he commits and then decommits you would commit you'd see it. And then you no. talk about him committing, but then it turns out he decommitted after you talked about him committing. No, see, this is not a problem at all. This is this is even further reason to wait it out because then other stuff can happen. So no, I'm not concerned at all. Uh, but anyway, Nick Marsh, who is a uh, top tier recruit in the class of 2024, he is a six foot three, 200 pound receiver from River Rouge, Michigan. He is uh, ranked the number 102nd recruit nationally on the 24-7 so this composite. This would be KU's best recruit ever. Ever. Yes. It would be by far. Uh, I think previously their best recruit, do you know the answer to this? A little trivia uh, here for you. I think it's, uh, isn't it like Tony Pearson? It is not. It is uh, Markel Combs. I don't even know if that name rings a bell for you. No, it doesn't. So Markel Combs, I want to say that was like, he was entering in right when like I got to KU. Um, and it was a big deal because he was like the number one JUCO recruit in the country. I think he was like a power five defect, went to JUCO and big D tackle defense alignment. I don't know that he ever played in a game for Kansas. What happened to him? Uh, I, I, he was on the bench for a few games. I don't know if it was just like he wasn't eligible or if he just wasn't good enough or got suspended or what. And then eventually after like maybe halfway through the season, he just like left the team. Oh, so yeah, it did not work out. That's a real, did not work out, but he is the number one in his, like his composite grade. Cause they also have like the percentage, right? It was like 0.92 something. This Nick Marsh kid is point nine four nine seven, so it's it's like a so, sizable gap yeah, yeah. between what he would bring if he were to commit to KU. Now I don't know the KU is favorites. Uh, you yeah. look at the crystal ball in twenty four seven sports. There are seven picks for Michigan State. There are six picks for Penn State. Yeah, it seems like all along it's been Penn State versus Michigan State. But and he was previously committed to Michigan State and he decommitted. Oh, okay, I didn't yeah. know that. But Penn State, I feel like, has been the one that's overtaken. But you're right. KU has at least been in the mix here, and, and with as much as they've been able to do in the state of Michigan with Chris Simpson and just yep. on the recruiting trail in in general, like yep. you don't totally count them out. Have you ever been to Michigan? Uh, no, I haven't. I have some like great grandparents who live there, but no, have wow, you? I've never visited your great grandparents. No, I what haven't. What kind of great grandchild are you? Well, they they were That's never sickening. alive that while I was sickening. alive. Oh, okay, were, but okay, yeah, okay. yeah. I thought they were like still alive, and you were just no, like, no, no, no. no, screw them. I never visit them. No, no, they just no, lived okay, up there. Okay, okay, that's fine. Uh, I've never been to Michigan. I've never been to Michigan either. Just don't go in the in the winter, though. I guess. Um, oh. So I mean, you, you don't count KU out. I'm not going to say their favorites or anything, but maybe does this change your mind at all? So Nick Marsh posted on Instagram, and this is what people screenshotted and sent off. <laughs> I, I don't think there was any caption on the Instagram, but it was just a picture. He had some other pictures of him on his visit at KU, but most notably was this picture of him planting a flag on the Jayhawk logo in the middle of the field on one knee in a mm. KU you know, uniform and whatever. Interesting. 
Does that do anything for? Is he basically saying I'm planting okay. my flag? Is he saying that I am going to be the the person that that changes this? Not only is Kansas football going to be good, but we're going to start reeling in top tier recruits. Eric, you should know by this point that I have a very very hard line <laughs> rule when it comes to this kind of shenanigans. Okay, there's a fine line between being whatever and just being a tool. Okay, <laughs> this is approaching He's like that 17 line. years old. Does he not get more <laughs> leeway there? Uh, you know that's a good point. Maybe if he's younger, I should give more leeway. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but this listen, this is this is I do not. This is a hard line rule. I mean, I do not budge <laughs> off this at all. No, you don't. Whenever really you don't. get like the Odell Beckham, DeAndre Hopkins yep. tweeting yep. out the eye emojis yep. or the you exactly. know just random emojis, yep. you don't like the cryptic stuff hate, that means I, nothing. I really hate that stuff. No. Yeah. Now this might not so, be but, cryptic of anything. I mean, yeah, this, this could this just is, be him posting pictures of him on a vacation. Essentially, that's yeah. what recruiting visits are, right? Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean. In terms of overreactions, obviously, I don't think he posted any individual pictures of him doing that at Penn State or Michigan State. I don't know. I haven't done my Instagram research. I guess maybe I should. I don't have Instagram, so put I can't on, look. Put on For all I know, this is the only Instagram I've ever seen of him, which means he's 100% in on <laughs> gotta, KU, gotta, apparently. Gotta yeah. Put on my social media FBI cap and get <laughs> right. in there and, and do some research. But, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to read into this too much. Uh, you know, listen, I, I, I know I have a hardline rule on this, but if you are a young high school recruit, I mean, I'm I'm willing to bend the rules a little bit here. You can have some fun. You can be like, "Oh, look at all these schools that are interested in me." You know that that I'm more okay with that. Mm-hmm. I'm 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 not as I won't, I'm not going to be as aggressive with the hammer on this one. So, have some fun. Why not? But I, do I think it means KU? No. Sure. Um, but it is interesting. I mean, if you want to read into it, but yeah, I I don't read overly much into it either. I think this is just him posting pictures. You know, on on his uh, thing. I wanted you to read into it. Okay. Well, I mean, it, it can't hurt, though, that w- with the pipeline that KU has established in the Michigan area, whether it's oh, current yeah, players sure. on the roster, Kalen Gervin, Rich Miller, on and on and on, or guys that commits, are like now commits. Isaiah right? Marshall. Yeah, uh, and you know the, those guys are talking to him, being not, like, oh, you should come. Not Austin Alexander. Is it Damani Maxson, who's also from the same area? One of the top DBs, I think, is also from the same area as, as Isaiah Marshall. Maybe the same high school, I think. Yeah, sure. I know Marshall played. It, it, you're right. It was was it was it Jalen Todd? Oh, Jalen Todd, I think you're right. Yeah, it was Jalen Todd Jaylen from uh, Southfield, yep. Michigan, which I believe is the same, same high school. Yeah. It is. Yeah, as Isaiah Marshall. So you know, you would think maybe during the course of this recruitment, those guys might have reached out and been like, "Hey, you know, there's this little old town in the Midwest called Lawrence, Kansas. It's pretty cool. You should, you know, you should you should maybe check it out. They got mm-hmm. a pretty cool university there, University of Kansas. So it's a pretty cool place." They got yeah. a football team that was bad but could be good. Let's see. Southfield, Michigan to River Rouge, Michigan. It is only 25 minutes. So wow. those are school. Those are probably, wow. they play each they other, probably, I'm yeah. guessing. Yeah. So they probably know each know. other. They probably do know Where each other. Where is Southfield, Michigan? I, is it going to help if I, I, I don't know. What um, is it like? South Michigan? So North River Michigan? Rouge is like slightly south of Detroit. Southfield, ironically, is slightly north of Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, that's very helpful. And they're both know, uh, okay. east of I Ann know Arbor. Exactly where that is now. They're both Thank east so of Ann Arbor. Yes, You're welcome. I, I, they're by Lake St. Clair. Lake St. Clair, your favorite. I can 1,000% picture the exact okay. geographical location of where that is. I know exactly where that is, 100%. I can see it in my, in my mind because of the hundreds of thousands of times I've been to Michigan. I know exactly where that is. All right, you're welcome. Uh, well, Nick Marsh will be announcing his college decision on July 7th. So we will have the answer to this soon. I can't remember if he has like one more visit. I think he might be visiting like Penn State or something, maybe just this week. So 
Um, no, my dad's birthday is July 8th. Maybe I should tell Nick Marsh that yeah, my dad's birthday. that'd be nice of him. He wants to commit. Right. Absolutely. That'd be cool. So I guess something worth keeping an eye on. Um, I, I think someone that you're not going to rule out, and maybe these pictures make you feel even better, but you probably still shouldn't view yeah. KU as a favorite. Maybe but not, this, not does, excited about this does feel like right now one of those recruiting decisions that like you're going to be like actually paying attention to and getting excited yeah. about but one way or another. Which that, that's fun in its when own When it right. comes to recruiting, when you're a team like Kansas – and and that stage that they are in right now, just to be in the competition for a guy like this, yeah, it almost feels like a win. Yeah, right? it, it almost feels like okay, we're we're on the main stage now with some really high end blue chip type recruits. And listen, in recruiting, you're not going to get every guy. That's just no. not how it works. Not even Alabama gets every guy they recruit. No, that's just, that's just how it goes. But, what's but at funny, least you're on the at least you're in the discussion. Yeah, uh, KU is not. I don't even think KU is like, oh, we need to have a receiver this class. They just brought in three this past class, and I, I think the only guy who graduates after this year. Now, who knows if players leave via transfer portal or if players go early for the draft or whatever. Um, but is like Kevin Terry. So realistically, they don't need a receiver. But this guy's so good that they're like, yes, all yeah. resources. On board. Let's make it happen. All right. Uh, let's uh, switch gears. We're going to do uh, some Florida Man Mad Libs coming up in our next segment. With Nick Springer, I'm Derek Johnson. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN. Depend on it. This is a Rock Chalk Sports Talk news alert. Office say this man sold crack to an undercover police officer all while wearing a shirt that said Coke on it. Ever wondered just how crazy headlines can get? And now the Broward Sheriff's Office is looking into this one. So if you recognize the defecating deviant dropping deuces on driveways, give Broward Crime Stoppers a call. Our headline experts have you covered. 42-year-old man was arrested for riding his bicycle on the front lawn of a Naples home and telling a woman inside he was an FBI agent. This is Florida Man Matt Lives with Derek Johnson, Nick Springer, and Sam Speck on Rock Chalk Sports Talk. Welcome back in as we get ready for Florida Man Mad Libs. Nick Springer, Derek Johnson, and joining us now, Sam Speck. Yes, indeed. On a Wednesday, normal day, Florida Man Mad Libs, good to be back. Derek with a slim lead early in the summer season, but still there is so much time to be played. And a reminder for those at home, here's a quick overview of how it works. Four legitimate headlines are coming your way. The first one will have only one redacted word or phrase with a point value of one. Then the next three will have two redacted words or phrases with the potential point value of three. Then we just, uh, of course, get to sit back and listen to what these two players of this uh, game try and guess of the uh, legitimate headlines, and then you are also encouraged to play at home. So, um, you boys ready? We ready to get into another week? I yes. am ready. All right, Derek yes. with, again, a slim lead, but we are early in the season. Derek's so ready to lose. of time. Here it is again, only one redacted word or phrase from this headline, and it is down in the state of Florida. A judge was unamused by Florida man's blank. So, obviously, he's in court. Uh, he's in front of the judge. Something's happening there. But a judge was unamused by Florida man's flirting, twerking ability, or singing. Three things certainly very disrespectful towards the judge. I don't understand 100%. why the guy would twerk to the judge. I'm not really, I don't know. Maybe he like, was what unhappening. If, what if the crime involved him twerking and he tried and he to give to a visual example? But there wouldn't that, Okay. If the crime is you stabbing somebody, are you going to stab somebody to visualize what you... No, you're going to not do that. That doesn't make any sense. So if the crime was him twerking, he would have not twerked, I would think. Well, no, what if he was like... What if he was saying, I got blamed for something that wasn't my fault? 
Like, like he was like, this is what I was doing. I was twerking. Like someone and else somebody was twerking bumped and he's into like, me. Let me twerk so you can yeah. see that my twerk is not the same. Or the as judge the twerk was like, was what is video? twerking? What if it was just like an old guy who didn't know what that was? Uh, maybe. I don't maybe. think it's twerking. I don't think it's twerking either. What was the first one again? It was flirting. 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 It could twerking be flirting or singing. That would be something. The singing, I could see. What if the judge kept asking? Well, you know, the, there's that famous video of the guy flirting with the uh, with the defense attorney or with the prosecutor. Oh gosh. Oh jeez. No, see, I could be. What if What if the guy like was singing all of his answers back to the judge? <laughs> that would really piss me off. I'd be like, dude, <laughs> guilty. Yeah, right. I'm gonna Case go with dismissed. flirting though. I'm gonna go with flirting also. Okay. All right, both locking in at flirting here. Lock your answers in at home. Judge was unamused by Florida man's twerking ability. Oh, That's literally what oh. it was. He was unhappy with the sentencing that came down and I guess on his way out of the court uh, gave a little show for that everybody make any in there. Sense because don't you normally yeah, twerk like when you're like happy? happy? Yeah, I guess. Excited? Maybe it was just his final middle <laughs> finger to the system. I don't know, he man. He didn't know what to do <laughs> to uh, disrespect. The, he's like, I can't hit someone. I can't yell at someone. Twerk, baby. <laughs> yeah, we're going to twerk. Okay, All right, right. Listen, I guess if you got it, take it. House comes away it. with a point there. So still 0-0. Zero, zero. And again, reminder, the next three headlines coming at you, they will have two redacted words or phrases, and we will only do one at a time. So now we head up to the Northeast. A Vermont man swings blank at troopers to stop blank. So we'll get to the second redacted word or phrase in a moment. But again, a Vermont man swings either a metal chain, an excavator bucket, or a golf club at troopers to stop blank. Oh, this is an excavator bucket. Is that so like, you know, the, like you know, you know like thing the, that scoops the crane? up? Yeah, at yeah. End, like right. Bam, okay. bam. And then, but then obviously he was like in it, and doing something, I'm swinging it back and forth. I'm hearing you describe this with, <laughs> with ways the sound that effects too. It's amazing. Yeah. No, he's swinging around like you know. Okay. And then you know, yeah, whatever. I can see that. Theater um, of the mind. That's radio, right? Mm. No, that's what I'm telling you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think from a logical standpoint, golf club probably makes the most sense here, does it not? There's the most. Scenarios, yes. Like and, and that gives you a golf. Club. You could have your golf club at home. You could have it at the golf course. Yes. You could just what have was it the in third your car. Option? Excavator golf club and what? A metal chain. See, who just has a metal chain? Uh, in the back of your bed of your truck or in the garage I'm or something go like that. You know. who, who just has a metal chain hanging around? I don't. I, I don't. Well, either. again, if you got a truck or <laughs> okay, something well, like that, you go. Tie there's down two stuff. people that don't have metal chains. <laughs> so two for two. <laughs> three, three for two. Metal chain. No. There you go. Who's got metal chains? Metal chains out. I'm actually going to go excavator. I'm actually. I'm going to go with the golf club because I think, like we were discussing, it gives me the best options for the second part of the answer. Even if the golf club is not correct, I'll have a chance maybe with the second part. Okay. All right. So here it is, the second part. Vermont man swings either. An excavator bucket, a golf club, or a metal chain at troopers to stop son's arrest, them from entering, or their sirens. So again, he is stopping either them from entering, stopping their sirens, or stopping son's arrest. And all three this of those. Okay, what do. if this is like a yeah, father and son one. who's working at a construction site? Yeah, that's and probably. And he was right. But yeah. that doesn't clarify to me if he's trying to stop son's arrest. What if he was just trying to knock off the police sirens with the... Because it would be high enough in the air that he could, like, swivel yep, it. he could destroy it. Yep, he could break the cars. Which, that's pretty dangerous, by the way. Yeah. Entering is, like... I, I mean, I'm starting to question why that would be in a headline. Like, I feel like that happens all the time. Guys stop cops from entering, all kinds of stuff. So what right. makes that a headline? Mm. So I think son's arrest might be the way to go. Yeah, that's where I'm leaning. I think it's a father and son on a construction site. What's the third option? Entering son's arrest and what was it? Oh, yeah, they're breaking the sirens. They're sirens, yeah. correct, yes. The, you're not going to break a siren with golf clubs, 
But like, you, I, I also don't know what is he just purpose? run out. And just, <laughs> what is the purpose of breaking the sirens? So they you shut know? off because they're annoying. But then they're just gonna like you're you're in so much more trouble. <laughs> but you'll just. But it doesn't matter if you stop like, the sirens. But like, you, you see, what I'm saying like, if you're trying to stop your son's arrest, your goal there is to stop your son from being arrested. If you're stopping the sirens. What is your end goal there? Because you know you're going to get Maybe more trouble like for not the, the night. Sirens. And he's like, dude, this sucks. I'm trying to sleep. I'm going to go and, like, you know, I'm going to smash the sirens. You know what? <laughs> Just because of that, I'm going sirens. Okay. So Nick's going to go with sirens. Derek, did you lock in some? Yes, rest? I did. Okay. Here it is. Full unredacted headline out of the state of Vermont. A Vermont man swings excavator bucket at troopers to stop his son's arrest. So, Derek, what? Big three. That a boy. That's, um, that's, that's crazy. And it was actually at home. He had it at home. He was doing some really? work at home. The police came by. It was making the arrest in his front yard. Oh. And then he got into the excavator. It was uh, kind of like the front end loader. Yeah. And just started swinging it back and forth at the troopers trying to make the arrest. Wow. So in so, his mind, do you think that well, like, he was yeah, like, thinking... What did he think was going to happen? Like, did he think that he was not going to get in trouble? Did he think that he was going to be able to play it off as like, I'm just doing construction work. I'm not trying <laughs> yeah, exactly. to get like, you. What, what, like, what did he think the end outcome was going to be? <laughs> Maybe distract them... To, to me, so then my son can get away or something. Yeah, I guess, yeah, they I don't really think that through. No, they don't. There's Derek, not a lot of thinking that happens. <laughs> Derek with a nice three there, though. <laughs> with this segment. Now we get to go back down to the Sunshine State. Florida woman, actually. This is actually kind of a mouthful, so follow along closely. Florida woman, after car chase, pretends to be blank and blanks dealership employees. So after okay. a car chase, she pretends to be something. Here it is. Flor Florida woman, after a car chase, pretends to be blind, pretends to be manager, or pretends to be T-Rex and blanks <laughs> dealership employees. Okay, so as we were explaining the headline, my first thought was she was in a car chase. Correct. And, so and tried to fit in with the employees. Yeah, she, drive it into a, no, she, she drives it into a, a car lot and is like, yeah. oh, I'm trying to sell this car. I'm trying uh, to have somebody buy this car. You yeah, but those answers don't line up with I that. I think the manager still makes sense. Well, the manager one does, but I think what you're saying is if she was almost like that she was convinced she was selling her car. Yeah, or like... She wouldn't do that no, if she was a manager. She'd well, be the one. No, but like she was like... Or like taking it for a test drive. Yeah. Or like, you no, know, I, something. I think it's manager and then she's it's going to be like that she was firing her staff. Well, I just... Part. I just... I, I, I really can't envision... T-Rex. I don't even know what that looks I, like. She could be what on that like even mean? some the sort of hands, get out you know? and yell like. <laughs> yeah. What if that? Like, what if she was like? No. What if she? What if she acted crazy and she's like, "I have T-Rex arms, so I can't steer the wheel." I'm sorry. I was trying to stop. I, I don't that know. That doesn't make something. any sense. I uh, maybe she was on bad that, salt. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go with manager. What was the other option? Uh, she pretends to be blind. Pretends to be T-Rex. Blind one. Pretends to be manager. Just from a comedic standpoint, would be funny. <laughs> So like, I just, oh, I didn't see it. But I just yeah. don't see the. <laughs> I didn't know I was in a car chase. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't see the. I don't yeah. see the the, the utility. Which of the it. cop would be like, "Why are you driving a car if you're blind?" <laughs> yeah, that one. That one's tough. Uh, I, I I need to make up some ground though against you because I'm down four zero right now. Right, I think. I think it's just three. Yeah, both just three. Oh, time. just three. Yeah. yeah. I'm gonna go with blind. Gonna go, go with blind. Nick going with blind. Here it is. Now to the second one. Could clear things up for one or both, or maybe none of you. Florida woman after car chase pretends to be either manager, T Rex, or blind, and screams at and fires or and bites dealership employees. Oh, bite is always a great option in Florida, man. But <laughs> that's I, that's I, true. There's a lot gut. of biting. Yeah, my initial so gut was fires. fires. Yeah. Yeah. So okay, I, I'm just gonna stick with it. I have a lot of questions. Okay. First of all. What is going on here? <laughs> Second of all, if you're a manager, or if you're pretending to be a manager, why would you try to fire someone? Wouldn't the person just be like, 
You're not my manager? Well, maybe she was saying she's like from corporate and they don't know her. She's not but, there every day. Like, what? 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 How does that connect you with getting away from a car chase? Because then when Wait, the police I, the come disconnect? in, then when the police come in, she's like, "Oh, I'm sorry, I'm here from corporate. Like, I don't know who was in that car." No, I, I'm just not buying that. She's trying to get an alibi. I'm just not buying All right, that's that. Fine. Like, what? I don't understand how that equals getting away from the cops. There is a. There's a. Total, she just wanted to blend in. I have totally lost. She realized on that, that she could no longer run and she had to hide. Like I said, the headline it was hard to follow. Like reading what? it, and I do have the context. What? I don't understand what I, is going on here. <laughs> so, are you okay? What is she doing to these poor dealership employees? I, I, She's screaming at them. Does she fire them or does she? Well, bite the screaming I think makes sense for T Rex, but I didn't think T-Rex. <laughs> it also <laughs> makes sense for bite. T Rexes <laughs> do bite. I guess that's true. <laughs> I'm going to do not fire their employees, though. <laughs> I'm common go, knowledge. You don't even know that. No, common knowledge. Common You've knowledge. never met a T-Rex. No, you know. T-Rex is a great boss. T-Rex could have easily fired great somebody. Bosses. Oh, pff, give me a break. They just can't put okay. themselves up. I'm doing, problem. I'm doing bite. All right, doing so bite. Nick's going to go in at bite. Here it is. Full unredacted headline, and I got the full context to it, because, Nick, I agree, it was hard to follow along. Florida woman... After car chase, pretends to be manager and fires dealership employees. So That's so you kind dumb. of were both right. She was getting out of a car chase, ditched the car, and then headed to a dealership trying to blend in with her surroundings. What? When she got there, she pretended to be the manager and presumably fired I know, the employees. I know, you said we were, I know you said we were kind of both right, but in the letter of the game, only one of us was right, <laughs> and now the score is 6 Dude, nothing. What I don't understand is, I don't understand how that makes you blend in, because if you're firing somebody, that's making a scene. So you're <laughs> yeah. actually bringing more attention to yourself because if a cop just comes pretend in to they're be like, like oh, somebody this person this person just, just like doing pretend their to be job. somebody cleaning the cars or something yeah the like, least but, suspicious yeah grab a rag and start wiping <laughs> down a car there you go uh, nonetheless yeah delusion i have a chance is- here to put up the first 9-0 win ever yeah that That's would be okay that, we'll see we'll see here's the final one uh florida man dressed as blank spotted blank roof and the second one is an action word, so uh, obviously that's where the missing is. But Florida man dressed as blank, spotted blank, roof is the final word. So he is uh, something about a roof. Yeah. But we'll get to the first one. Florida man dressed as a banana, Spider-Man, or Willy Wonka, oh. spotted blank, <laughs> roof. Uh, okay. I don't know why okay. you would be dressed as Willy Wonka. That's the one that I, I quickly want to look at. be Willy Wonka. Maybe he's got like, a who dressed factory? up as Willy Wonka? I don't know. Maybe it's... Uh, <laughs> I don't think it's really Wonka. I think it's one of the other two. I think that Spider-Man is the eye-grabbing answer because you think roof, you think climbing, but well, yeah, I think it's think, banana. No. I think more people, there are more banana suits out in, I don't know, maybe they're good amount of spider You can go to any Halloween store and buy it. I would say this, I've Spider-Man seen more people want. in public in a banana suit than I have Spider-Man suits. Mm. Does Halloween not exist? It does, but I'm just saying. Banana suits, Dude, I think, are more often. I was Spider-Man like 10 times for Halloween. To your credit, I would say all three of these options are good Halloween costumes. Wonka, yeah, banana, Halloween, Spider-Man. I'm not envisioning yeah, yeah. this as Halloween. I no. guess this could be from Halloween. It could be know. Halloween. Um, I'm going to go banana suit. Okay, so Derek's going to go with banana. I feel like I have to take the take the easy option here. I got to go with Spider-Man. Okay. I need to get a point. Nick's going to go with Spider-Man here. Here it is. Florida man dressed as, again, either a banana, Spider-Man, or Willy Wonka spotted dancing on, power washing, or painting roof. Okay, this is not what I was expecting. So he is doing something on his roof. He's either I honestly, dancing, power washing. I was expecting it. it to be like falling off of roof, <laughs> or like, <laughs> or like. <laughs> See, I feel even better about the banana one now, to be honest. Um, <laughs> just a guy. I, but I don't know which one it is because it could be. What if this guy works for? It could be a power washing or painting company, 
that, although, do you paint your roof? I don't think you do. Okay, so Be now odd. that I think about it, power washing. Um, because power washing, you what if this guy runs a business and what's one way to advertise? You know, if you're on there power washing somebody's roof, that doesn't really draw eyeballs. If you're power washing somebody's roof in a banana suit, mm. eyeballs immediately there and they're yeah, like, you're oh, an idiot. where'd you hire that guy? <laughs> no, because it's Sticks stupid. Out. I'm going power wash. All right, Listen, Derek's gonna lock. If I saw wash. a guy in a banana suit power washing a roof, I would instantly not hire him. Really? I would <laughs> be the like, opposite. I'd be, be like, interested. dude, this guy's an idiot. Why is he dressed in a banana suit? No, see, I'd look it up. I'd, I'd look and it up on Google and be like, part. what's up with this? And then maybe I would see, oh, a 4.7 out of 5 on Yelp. Like, ooh, no. that's the guy. No, no. What's the third option? Power washing, painting. What's the other option? Uh, dancing. Just dancing on the roof. I'm gonna go with dancing. Okay. Spider-Man dancing. Spider-Man dancing on the roof. Here it is. Lock in your uh, answers at home. Florida man dressed as Spider-Man spotted power washing as well. Oh. So you guys got a point each there, but Derek. Is seven okay. to on one the, board. the biggest victory ever? On the board. I think seven may be tied with the most amount of points ever scored. In. No, no, no. One Somebody got nine one week, I believe. Listen, I would just I like to I point nine. out, I, I normally would be humble, but you literally said last segment you were going to beat me. I did, yes. So oh, you deserve this. Me. All right. Deserve well, another wrong. week for Derek, seven to one there. Uh, anything for the house? I do week? have what one do we for got? the house. Okay. And we'll see if Nick can, wait, wait six in a row? That's right, he's perfect yes. Or you hit both, like yes. six or seven in yes. a row. Yes, I'm right. unstoppable. Man with blank face tattoo accused of blank at restaurant patrons. Okay? Okay. Got so, it? Man with yep. blank face tattoo accused of blank at restaurant patrons. Got All it. right. Man with heart-shaped face tattoo. Man with teardrop face tattoo. Man with phallic face tattoo oh. accused of blank at restaurant patrons. Interesting. So I know that you're trying to get in my head. You're trying to screw with me because you're trying to think of way, things that I would pick. I'll be completely honest. I literally just put them together. I, I do not think about what you're going to I pick I think you all. do, though. I really I don't. I, I honestly don't I, even I think, know what you would pick. I, I think you're lying. I just don't think that's my thought. True. I think the teardrop. That's Teardrop's a, too obvious. Yeah, that one's the obvious one. That one's, you know, uh, when you think criminality sometimes, they'll have that teardrop tattoo, whichever. Yes. A phallic, that one, I think, that went Derek's mind just going and being creative. I'm going to go, uh, what was the third one? Heart. A heart-shaped. Heart a heart-shaped tattoo. I think that one kind of stands out and why they would add it in the in the article, who knows, but a heart-shaped. I think I'm Derek go. wants you to think that phallic is one that he would pick. Mm. That's why I'm picking it. Okay. Man with phallic face tattoo, you're going for the alliteration there, accused of blank at restaurant patrons, tossing pies at restaurant patrons, <laughs> pelting Skittles at restaurant patrons, Throwing forks at restaurant patrons. Oh, my God. I hope he was removed. Okay, so forks, Skittles. So he's obviously just, or pies, basically. So it's basically just pick your poison at this point. Yeah. Um, hmm. Wait a minute. Read it again. Tossing pies, <laughs> pelting Skittles, and throwing forks. Pelting. Man with blank face tattoo accused skittles. of blank at restaurant patrons. The word pelting. That's, I don't, no, I, I don't I mean, pelting skittles. I feel like that's creative enough to where it would be in a headline as a... As a I, you know what? Just because you're down, going? I'm gonna go with Skittles. Just because I, I feel like pelting. Go with, the word pelting has me intrigued. I'm gonna go with forks. Okay, the correct answer: man with heart-shaped face tattoo accused of pelting Skittles yeah. at restaurant patrons. <laughs> first think, time. That's ever. the first time you've gotten both, <laughs> and you just got both wrong. Yeah. Not that's your what? day, Nick. Not your day. Yes. I think, okay, I don't believe you. I think you just lied. I think that's the wrong headline. Can I? Can I see it? Yeah, I'll, I'll pelting, pelting, I'll though, the actual article. That was the word that got me. Finally. Oh, I finally I need to got see, it. I need to visually see this. I got well, my heart here. I will show it to you during the break. I think you're screwing I, I mean, I can show it to you now. All right. I think uh, you're well, screwing with me. As always, a lot of fun. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, let's see. Let's confirm. Let's confirm. Heart-shaped tattoo. 
Pelting okay. Skittles. Yeah, that was it. Wait, I don't see the heart-shaped <laughs> tattoo on this guy's mugshot. Oh, no. Do you? <laughs> That's semantics. Says. Look at that. Uh, either you, way. Do you see a heart-shaped tattoo on there? I don't. I see it on there. Yeah. Good job, boys. Lots of fun. Where? Thanks for including me in it. Florida Man Mad Libs will be back next week. All right. I am outraged. <laughs> he's Sam Speck. With Nick Springer, I'm Derek Johnson. That's Florida Man Mad Libs. This is Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN. Depend on it. Thanks for listening to the best of RCST podcast. And a reminder, you can catch our show Monday through Friday from 3 to 6 live on KLWN in Lawrence, 101.7 FM, 1320 AM, or anywhere you're online at klwn.com or the KLWN app. Thanks for listening.